touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, uh, my man, um, are you ready for the coming out party? Let me ask. Okay, let's start this. For those who didn't pay it, who haven't heard yet, um, outside linebacker Shaq Barrett, um, uh, probably uh, not going to be on the Christmas card list for the Chiefs offensive line this year. Um, um, Doesn't seem to be a huge fan. Uh, of the Chiefs offensive line. But let me ask you this question, okay? They sacked Patrick Mahomes six times in Super Bowl 55. Uh, if I set that as the over-under, will, will Patrick Mahomes get sacked more or less than six times on Sunday? Well, according to Shaq Barrett's quote, I can't remember if he was referencing this year when they had seven sacks or if he's referencing the Super Bowl, but he mentioned that uh, he mentioned the word uh, seven sacks. So I don't know if he... I, I I don't remember them having that much against. I know they did. I don't think they did against the Saints. I know they weren't up to that level, but I can't remember if they were in Week One or not. But Shaq made sure to go out of his way to mention uh, seven sacks. Yeah, they only actually had three in the Super Bowl. Um, so then he must have been talking about one of the other games because I don't remember the Saints having seven of them. I remember like four and, and, or five. In fairness, Shaq Barrett did have he did have one of the sacks. Um, and look and. If you remember that game, 31-9, um, you know, it was the first home Super Bowl, but um, they deserve their flowers for, um, you know, for the the stomping they put on the Chiefs there. But, yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, and they did have six sacks against the Saints. It was an interesting, and that was week two, so that was two weeks ago. It was interesting, though. I, I'm just not – this is a Chiefs team that seems to be reeling a little bit on offense right now, right? Um, I'm not – I'm not sure that I want to be the guy that gives Patrick Mahomes the bulletin board material and gives that offense something to rally around though. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I'm surprised that Shaq did it, but Shaq went down that road. So it'll, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, he, I was surprised that he said what he did and then he went out and uh, made that reference, but he, he thought it would be a good idea. So, I mean, uh, props to him, I guess. Well, and, and look, and in fairness, you know, he, when he was asked the question, he kind of laughed and that's drawn a lot of scrutiny, but then he basically said, look, it's a favorable matchup. We think we can dominate the game. We think we can impose our will. It's going to be our coming out party. Is he right though? Can, can this Tampa Bay defensive line impose its will on the chiefs offensive line? Cause I, I mean, like we're going to make it into a, you know, Shaq Barrett, you know, hating on Patrick Mahomes type thing, but really he's talking about the offensive line. He thinks that they can whip Kansas city in the trenches. Um, and when you see what the Colts did with the four man rush, is he right? I mean, look, <laughs> I, I, the uh, Tampa Bay has got a better front seven than the Colts do by so, a mile. By, so I have my concerns. I feel like Tampa is one of the two best defenses in the league. The Colts are not. <laughs> Otherwise it wouldn't no, have lost no. those games that they did. But I do, I do think with, um, with Todd Bowles and how knowledgeable he is as a defensive mind and what he's done to the Chiefs before in the most important game of, uh, of a lot of people's careers, like that's going to be in the back of a lot of players' heads, especially on the Chiefs roster and in the Tampa Bay roster. And, I mean, Tampa Bay still got a handful of guys from that Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl run on the team. So, I mean, there's – 
I don't know. I, I'm really intrigued to see if, if Kansas City can answer the bell, especially the Chiefs offensive line after what Shaq Barrett said about them and how he tried to be disrespectful about how he didn't feel they're much better than the uh, Super Bowl offensive line, despite the fact that almost every player on that line is no longer there except Andrew Wiley. Well, and that was the thing. I mean, he he made sure to say he didn't call it any player specifically or any uh, position, yeah. but he definitely said that he he made it sound like he expects the DNs to eat. Can Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. rise to the occasion, or are we going to see more of, of what we've seen? I, I mean, uh, you know, like Andrew Wiley, you know, he got hurt, and then he came back in and soldiered through it. We've talked ad nauseum about the fact that he's he's primarily a guard who's playing out of position. Um, Orlando Brown is the one who I think needs to step up more, right? Like, because he's the one who thinks he should be one of the highest paid tackles in the NFL, and he's not playing anywhere near that level. All I can say is they will get the opportunity to be able to prove it. <laughs> what they do with that opportunity, we will find out on Sunday, and. Even if the Chiefs lose that game, my number one win is did Patrick Mahomes go out of that game? <laughs> right. is, he, is he okay? Can he go? Like Can he play that, against the Raiders that, on Monday night? That was my that was my hope against the Colts. I'm like, first thought in my head after the game is like, well, it's it, it's irritating that they lost. They shouldn't have lost that way. But I'm like, at least Patrick Mahomes is still healthy. So yeah, that's gonna be my number one thing. But I do think. I know it sounds weird to me to say, but I do think the Colts were a good reality check for them to help them understand, like, here's what an average defense can look like against us. So, like, Tampa is going to bring it to a whole nother level. Like, they're going to smack you in the mouth just as much, if not even harder. So you better be ready and you better be on point because there's a reason. Like, that that whole Tam- the, the Tampa Saints game, the only reason that game got out of hand is because Jamison Winston threw, like, three interceptions in a yeah. row. And like, yeah, and like they turned one for a pick six and a short field to get, you know, get a couple touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's the only reason that game got out of control. The Packers game, the Bucks, um, Perriman and, uh, another one of their guys, I can't remember off. Rashad Perriman. And I think Russell Gage got hurt for a little Gage, while too. Gage, Gage, they both, they both, I'll give you a spoiler alert right now. They don't protect the ball very well. And the Packers took full advantage of that and punched both of them out and forced two of the turnovers when they were driving. So, I mean, but, there's, there's opportunities. Yeah. I mean, and we'll see. I mean, like obviously last week against the Packers, the, the Buccaneers were playing without Mike Evans, who's going to be back. Cause he was suspended for, um, you know, shoving Marshawn Lattimore in the, in the saints game. So he'll be back. That'll be something the chiefs had to contend with. Uh, we'll have to keep monitoring whether, uh, left tackle Donovan Smith or, you know, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, a couple of the receivers are able to go. Um, you know, Akeem Hicks missed last week's game, the, the D tackle the end, um, you know, and so we'll, we'll see where, where that lands. Um, you know, I mean, look, I, is it weird to me? Like, I think the biggest injury news for the chiefs continues to be the Harrison Butker. Like, um, like they've, they've, is he the second most important player, the third, maybe the third most important player behind Mahomes and Kelsey right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> As as of this moment, he's definitely easily in the top five, maybe six. Because the one one thing I will say from the film study um, on defense, man, I mean, Legere Sneed played out of his mind, had a phenomenal game, um, did a fantastic well, job. 
Hold on, don't don't get ahead of me here because I do want to get back to the Chiefs defense. But let's start with the Bucks defense first. Like you said, it was the second one of the top two defenses in the NFL. What makes you feel like it's it's an elite unit like in, in that way? A lot of it has to do with that front seven that they have and like how they can move people and how how they are a wall when it comes to running against them a lot of the time. And Todd Bowles is a defense uh, technically head coach, but he's the defensive mastermind behind the scheme. He built that thing from the ground up. He whipped the Chiefs in the Super Bowl with it. So, I mean, all that all that aspect of it, man, I'm just telling you, dude, like, I mean, they're, 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 they're coming to um, – they're not coming to mess around. Like, I mean, they're going to they're gonna cause some – they're going to cause some problems. So, I, I think this is going to be a low defensive battle, low-scoring game defensive battle. Whoever gives up the most turnovers is how that – that one's going to shake out. And that's where somebody like Harrison Bucker may come into play where those field goals are really important. Well, look, I mean, that's, that's where Tampa's comfortable, right? Like, I mean, the offense hasn't scored more than 20 points. You know, they scored 19 at Dallas, 20 at new Orleans, and then 12 in the loss of the Packers last week. Um, But the defense hasn't given up more than 14, right? I mean, they gave up three to the Cowboys, and I know Dak Prescott got hurt in that game. They gave up 10 to the Saints, and I know Jameis Winston, you know, either broke his back or was playing with a broken back in that game. Um, and then they only gave up 14, uh, you know, to, to Green Bay. And, and look, at Green Bay is an offense in transition, a little bit like like the Chiefs are. Um, so, well, I mean, what's realistic? I mean, can the Chiefs get to 20? I mean, they couldn't get to 20 against the Colts. Can they get to 20 against the, the Bucks? They should have gotten 20 against the Colts. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from, from this Chiefs offense against that Bucks defense. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be some tough sledding. And I think the Chiefs are gonna have to get the ball out quick, uh, like they did in the second half against the Colts when they finally realized, hey, those five and seven step drops and play action passes aren't gonna work. Yeah. Patrick's uh, having to move as soon as his back foot hits. So I, I think they're gonna. I think they learned a lesson from that Colts game, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have a lot a lot quicker passing game and really choose when they want to take their shots. And I think they're gonna have the run game more. Heavy, they should have the run game more heavily involved than what they did in Indy. And that what they really need to do. The key is they gotta they gotta hit a lot of doubles at the point of attack and blocking. Like be okay with getting four yards, but having four guys take two and moving them. And if you get four, you get more, that's completely fine, but be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to have to be somewhat balanced. They're going to have to show they can be effective in the run game. I think to at least keep that front seven honest, um, you know, and then, like you said, use the short, the, the short passing game. Cause they're just not going to have time. And you know, a lot of people, uh, people are going to point to Tyreek Hill, right? Like they're going, Oh, you, you know, the offense is in the same without Tyreek, but this chiefs offense had to play that way last year. I mean, just look at Tyreek's per catch average and look at the average air yards per pass for Patrick Mahomes and things like that. I mean, you know, teams that have been taking away that deep ball and they've been forcing the chiefs, like you said, to really be judicious about when they take their shots. And that puts a lot of pressure on them to get it right. And we saw in the Colts game, the big shot to Marquez Valdez Scantling, you know, and in other games, a couple other times, they're just not quite on the same page with hitting those big shots when they get that opportunity. Um, so that, you know, so defenses, you know, are feel like they're 
they're taking the right approach, right? Like, Hey, like they're not hitting those deep shots, you know? So we, we, we need to be even less scared of it. Um, I mean, what, when you watch the tape though, do you think that there are opportunities for the chiefs to create some big plays, bigger plays down the field and maybe change uh, the narrative about this offense? I know how much you love that word narrative. Change the narrative about this offense and and kind of force defenses to adjust a little bit. They will have the opportunity, and they will have to they will have to mass protect, or they will have to keep extra people in to give themselves a comfortable chance to push that football down the field. The opportunity is there, yes, but they have to be willing to leave a fullback and running back in, or a tight end and a running back or something to help those tackles to give Mahomes the time that he feels he needs. They need to leave two extra in for protection, and they're going to have to be okay with just running two or three routes deep if they're going to do that type of stuff. So what what are some matchups that you think uh, the Chiefs can exploit, and what are some that they need to avoid against the Bucs? Um, I, I, I mean, I, assume, I, assume, I haven't read the game plan this week because I don't think you put it together, but I assume – you want Clyde Edwards-Alaire to get at least 20 touches so he can get going, right? <laughs> I would like to see an effective running game in whatever way that has to occur. Um, whether that's McKinnon, Pacheco, Ronald Jones. Uh, I, I, I would be intrigued to see what those guys are available. I'd love to see a motivated Ronald Jones. I know he had he was listed on Wednesday with an illness and the injury report. <laughs> I, I think he'd be motivated to do what what he what he needs to. Yeah, so, it's against his former team. You think he'd be a better option than Clyde? <laughs> so we will see what happens. <laughs> um, Todd Todd just keeps trying to <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. Um, yeah, no. It, look, I mean, I mean, where Clyde can be effective is out in the flats and. Not necessarily the screen game, but more so just the flats because the Bucks can shut down a screen game real quick. I mean, we're I was going to say, yeah, those linebackers are they're fast. I mean, like, fast. I, yeah, I have, I have nightmares about Devin White hitting me, and I don't even, you know, I'm never going to be on that field and in that position. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're fast. So, I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not getting them with misdirection and screen. Like, you're not razzle dazzling them. They, they're very disciplined defense, and they're a fast defense that can recover from that. So I just, I think there's going to be, I, I look, man, it, it's tough sledding. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is very tough sledding. I'm not saying the chiefs can't come out of the win, but man, it is going to be a hard earned win. Yeah. Well, and look, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I kind of, I, this is one that I wasn't like uh, necessarily expecting the chiefs to win, you know, at the Bucks Sunday night. Um, you know, I, I, of course, part of that was because I also thought that the Colts would be a tough, tougher game. It turned out they lost that one too. But um, yeah, I mean, this is one I, I think you know, it, it, it's a fifth, it's a coin flip at best whether the Chiefs uh, are going to pull this one out. But I, one thing I do want to talk about that, that the defense, man, um, the Chiefs' defense is quiet. I, look, they're not as good as the Buccaneers' defense. I don't think as a whole, certainly not yet. Um, but they've quietly been. Um, much better, you know, played faster and played with more of an edge and an attitude than we've seen uh, the last couple of years. Um, is how much of that, is it a mirage? I mean, how much of, of Sunday's game against the Colts, forget about how bad the offense and special teams play, just 
How much of that was about good Chiefs defense or was it bad Colts offense? It can be a combination of both because I don't think they're going to face an offensive line that's that out of sync pass protection-wise on a regular basis. Don't get me they wrong. They made Tampa. If Donovan Smith's out, Tampa's got a pretty bad offensive line too. Yeah, I don't I – don't, I'm so, yes, not having Donovan Smith is going to be a problem for Tampa. But what the Chiefs have to do with Spagnolo, Spagnolo's got to figure out how to take away what Tommy wants on those out routes, those 10-yard out routes, and over the middle, especially in the seams, and kind of make him hold on to the ball a little bit longer, make him have to hop. Because Tom, Tom keeps his timing with his hop, so if you disrupt the hop, he, he doesn't like that. Like, he wants the ball out. As soon as that back foot hits, he wants the ball out between one, two reads. And then if he starts hopping, he, he's one, he's getting antsy, but he's trying to keep his timing with it. And then if you if you disrupt that, too, oh, man, he, he, uh, he gets out of sorts pretty quick. So I'll be intrigued to see how Spagnuolo can keep Brady uneven. And if there's a man that knows how to keep Tom Brady uneven and has done it before, there's a man named Steve Spagnuolo who uh, helped the Chiefs take down Tom Brady when he was with the Patriots and then helped the Chiefs take down Tom Brady again in the regular season. Unfortunately, the Super Bowl is a different story when it matters. <laughs> right, right. But they were, you know, they, they showed up for the game. Well, uh, as, as I recall, um, the Chiefs couldn't stop the run in that one either. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say this Chiefs defense, uh, this is probably one of my favorite Chiefs defenses that they've had during the Andy Reid era outside of 2015. Just with the youth, the speed, the physicality, the ability overall, I, uh, I I was really impressed with what they with what they did in that game. Especially that Jerry Sneed had a really strong showing. Yeah, I was going to say you um, mentioned Sneed earlier. So w- what about him and maybe a couple other guys that really stood out in your mind? Sneed was just all over the place, man. Like he he knew where the ball was going. He was aggressive. He flew to the football. He made some. He made a ton of impactful plays. Did not hesitate, was not scared, did a great job. Um, your boy, Colin Saunders, had a, had a really good rotational game. Uh, right. He had like eight tackles on 21 snaps, man. That he, he, he figured something out, at least for one Sunday. <laughs> so, I mean, like he, he did really well in run support, especially when they weren't double teaming, and he took full advantage of it. Because when he gets double teamed, he gets moved a little bit. Yeah. But in singles, he actually does a pretty good job. So, like, I thought he had a good game. Karloftis just rushed his rear off, man. High-energy guy. Carlos Dunlap had a really great game. Chris Jones was so instrumental in what they were able to do more so. It didn't show up in terms of sacks, per se. But, like, dude, if you if you watch play-to-play, that dude was very disruptive and let his defensive line be able to make a lot of effective plays. And he was crucial in that fourth-and-one stop that they had because he got, he got penetration – Rotated his body the long way so that um, so that Taylor was going to have to jump earlier. Taylor only jumped earlier because Chris Jones forced him to do that. So, like, whenever the broadcast says, oh, he's jumping earlier than he probably should have, it was only because of Chris Jones. Yeah. And then where Chris Jones vacated from, Dunlap came crashing down and, and discouraged him even more from waiting to try to jump. So, th- those two were just a really good tandem, and Carl Office did a good job. Spagnuolo had really smart time blitzes, and I hope he does that again against Brady. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the Chiefs' defense is able to put together against Tampa. Chiefs' offense, you know, we'll we'll see. But the the thing I do want to say, I know this isn't defense wise, but the thing I do have to bring up is I'm just going to say it right now. I, I know some people or uh, some people 
they kept saying to me, oh, man, I've seen what the Chiefs have done with 13 seconds before. They can do it with 26. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. But that speed of receiver is not there anymore. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not there. The only person that comes closest to it is McCall Hartman and Sky Moore. And that it's still not the same level. So the, I, the Chiefs are going to have to be a lot more Alex Smith-like moving the football down the field until either the receivers get to that point or whatever ends up happening. But, I mean, like the, the, the quick strike offense that they had at this moment is not going to exist for a little bit, if, if at all this year. Yeah, well, and that's why I, I – you know, I mean, I think, uh, I know I did, and I think you probably did too. When, when, when it became clear that, um, you know, that uh, Indianapolis, when when they threw the pass to to Alec Pierce to the fourteen or fifteen yard line with like a minute six left, I wanted the Chiefs to call a timeout and give the offense time to operate because at that point, you know, um, it wasn't even so, I mean, like the Colts were in a rhythm. So calling the timeout to break up the rhythm doesn't hurt you. Right. Um, and if anything, it preserves some time should they score the touchdown. And I think that the chiefs were kind of banking on the fact that they were, the defense had played well and was going to find a way to keep them out of the end zone. Um, you know, much like the Colts defense had, you know, bent and bent and bent, but then in the red zone had done a, a good job and got lucky a little bit uh, to keep the chiefs out of the red zone for the most part. And of course it didn't work out that way. I mean, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan threw a nice pass. Jelani Woods got a good matchup against Juan Thornhill. And, and that was all she wrote. Um, and, you know, and, and then in that moment, the chiefs really regretted not having 35 or 40 extra seconds on the clock that they should have had if they had been a little bit more strategic with their timeouts. But I, that I think that goes to your point too, that the chiefs need to kind of think differently about how they operate. You know, I mean, like, um, Patrick Mahomes has had, has been Superman in some moments, you know, even last January, but that's a lot of pressure to put on one guy every week to think that he's going to be able to, to lead you down the field in less than 20 seconds. um, You know, every five football games. (laughs) Well, I I think that's part of what that end of the second quarter thing was, is like chiefs coaches. I was like, Hey man, like we're, we're not there right now. I'm sorry. And we also don't have Harrison Bucker, so <laughs> yeah. To me, that was the big thing. It was it was like, yeah, great, yeah. You could throw a sideline out and pick up fifteen more yards, even twenty. We still can't kick it with the Amendola from that range, yeah. like so. What's the point? Unless we're going to chuck it into the end zone, like there's no point uh, because they just without Butker, there was no. I mean, you were going to have to get to what the fifteen yard line to to give him a shot. I mean. They weren't comfortable letting him kick from the twenty-five. Like they ran a, they had, they were more comfortable having Tommy Townsend throw a bootleg pass, and they were letting him kick when the ball, when the line of scrimmage was the twenty-five. I don't know where they would have had to get to in that situation to feel comfortable giving him a chance on the final play of the of the half. I would imagine they'd give him a shot from like forty-five or fifty there, just because hey, it's you know, it's like house money, right? If he makes it, great. If not, there's no penalty for it. But I mean, they, they, yeah, I mean, they would have had to pick up another 20 yards easily from the spot they were in. Um, and, you know, and instead they decided to do a little Marty ball, run the draw play. They weren't able to pop it and they went into halftime. Yeah. So I mean, I, it's hard. It's hard to fault them for that. I, I just started to fault them. So no, I get it. I understand it. So I'm not, 
there, there was a time or a place, I can't remember if it was in the second quarter or fourth quarter. I really wanted them to call a timeout there when there, it would have been like 106. But they're like, yeah, that's, a, that's the play we're talking about with the Alec Pierce where, yeah, that's when he got the ball down to 14. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like, just call it, give it 106, give yourself enough time, don't, don't let it be 20 seconds. But right. you know, that's that was my thing. But yeah, I, I'm just. <sighs> well, here's the here's the other thing, and I don't think this has been discussed all that much either. Is how much faith were you going to have? Like, let's say that they do get it to the 27 yard line. I mean, is Amendola making a 44 yarder? <laughs> At the at the gun to force overtime, and how much faith are you putting in Amendola to make a kick in overtime? To you know, I I just I, I they need Harrison Bucker. <laughs> well, he was out on the practice field on Wednesday. From he was the, he was limited. The video I saw, and they they uh, Matt Amendola no longer employed <laughs> by the by the Kansas City Chiefs after the performance last week. He is getting to explore the industry <laughs> for other opportunities. Yeah, and you feel bad. He's a young guy, but uh, when you look at his stats, like last year with the Jets, he was perfect from inside 40. He was like two or three of 10 from 40 plus last year. So, uh, you know, he just, he's, he's limited in that respect. And, you know, I mean, the Chiefs are up against it in that respect. Um, you know, so what are you going to do? I don't know, Todd. You tell me. I mean, they've got Matthew right now as the insurance policy in case Bucker can't go. Uh, that's the new kicker they they signed. Um, he spent time with uh, Jacksonville, Detroit, Pittsburgh, so he's bounced around a little bit the last few years in the NFL. So, yeah, he hit the game winner for Jacksonville in London for Urban Meyer. Yeah. He helps Urban Meyer get his first ever win in the NFL. Pride of Central Florida, doing doing great things for. Urban Meyer's brand there. Um, well, he's not because yeah. Was that before or after? Like um, you know, Urban Meyer threatened to assault his other kicker. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I know the Jaguars are a better team. Um, they're they're a better yeah. team now with Doug Peterson. They, they had a really impressive game against the Chargers, and then I thought um, the Buffalo. Well, they Bills, had a pretty man. impressive game against the Colts the week before. Winning twenty four nothing too. Like all of a sudden, I'm looking at that like that game on November thirteenth that I had just penciled in as a sure win for the Chiefs, and I'm like, not against Dougie P, but I'm like, is it though? Dougie P, <laughs> dude. Now, here's the kicker. Like, so like, I think I talked about it in my season predictions. That was one of the ones that I I was like, man, if there if there's one that that could get him, it's that Jaguars game with Dougie P. Like I think well, that's the one that could have got him, and I gave I gave the Rams the win. But boy, I tell you what, man, I am kicking myself because I was going to put the Jaguars in the playoffs because I think that they have a, I think they might have the best team in the AFC South, and they're starting to really, really prove that, especially Doug Peterson calling plays. And then on top of it, um, boy, uh, the, that Bills Dolphins game was interesting. Um, I know this isn't where I just, I don't know. I'm putting thoughts out uh, there. In the, yeah. No, the, look, the bills, the bills should have won, man. I mean, they ran 90 plays um, in that heat though. Like that's the, like, that's, that's what I like it, to do it in that heat. I was like that. I was like, I, I just don't know if that's going to go the same way the second time around, you know, like the dolphins are going to be going. I was like, I just don't know if that's going to go the same way. I think the bills are able to end up splitting that. No, I definitely, I, I, you know, I mean, look, 
I wasn't as upset as Ken Dorsey was uh, <laughs> yeah. after that one, but I mean, like I can understand his frustration. That that's not a game. Um, if you're the the Bills that you feel like you should have lost, you you felt you know you you were in control. Um, you did what you largely what you wanted to do, except you just couldn't finish when you know uh, when it mattered. I think the Chiefs feel that way too, right? Like, I mean, I think offensively, like Patrick Mahomes probably feels like he largely did what he wanted to do despite, you know, running for his life at times, despite the struggles. I mean, you think about the throw to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you think about the the drop, and I don't know if the, the, the afternoon sun there with the roof open at Lucas Oil Stadium played a role in Travis Kelsey dropping uh, that other touchdown, but, the you know, the shadows were tricky. Um, in that end zone on that play. And, and, you know, I mean, it's a split second thing. Um, you know, that's not something that usually happens to Travis Kelsey. There were moments that easily could have turned that game and you could have seen it going the way that the Arizona game did. And we're having a whole different conversation today um, about this chiefs offense and, and what it's capable of and what the ceiling for this team is, especially in light of the bills loss and, you know, them being one of the, you know, the one of only two undefeated, you know, there, it could have been a whole different conversation if a few things go uh, slightly different, but I think the chiefs are aware of that. I just think that this is going to be one of those years where the margin for error just doesn't exist in the same right. way that it has in the past. And they're always going to be on the razor's edge and they're always going to be one or two plays, one or two mistakes away from, Oh man, they only scored 17 and they got beat in an inexplicable fashion or, Oh man, like, you know, Pat was just darting the ball to Juju and Marquez and McCall Hardman even got open for one. And you know, the chiefs put 38 on the board. I, 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 they will see if they can develop. We talked about after the, after the Colts game, if they can develop the chemistry and, and if Andy can find a way with this group of players to develop the rhythm, that has been lacking. Um, you know, we don't see it in the first 15, like we typically see it. And Andy talked about, I haven't done a good job getting him in rhythm. We'll see whether they can develop that as the season goes on, or if, if it's just kind of a Jekyll and Hyde offense. Yeah. I mean, for the chiefs offense, Tampa or whoever they're playing, it's all going to come down to what can those offensive tackles do? Can they make moms feel comfortable? Give them the time when Trey Smith's ankle gets healthy, where they're at with that. And then on top of it, can Andy get them to where they can pick up and pass off games, switch and stunts without a problem. And then the Chiefs receivers just really got to be able to figure out a way to get on the same page. And with Mahomes on, on, on a more consistent basis. So the Chiefs offensive tackles and wide receivers, how they play that day, I think will have a lot to determine how the Chiefs offense does game in and game out this year. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Um, this, you know, and we'll all feel much better if the Chiefs are three and one coming out of Sunday. Just to update everybody, look, it's still Wednesday. I think a final decision on whether the game's played in Tampa or Minnesota probably comes Thursday. We just don't have that information quite yet. You that may already be decided by the time you're listening, but it's not decided at the time we're recording. But my understanding is the game's going to be played at seven twenty Sunday night, whether it's in Tampa or Minnesota. At least that's what the league has indicated so far. We'll see how it shakes out. Just hoping everybody down there in Florida is as safe as they can be with such a uh, intimidating storm like that. Yeah, that storm looks crazy, man. Um, so yeah, um, my thoughts. You know, I, I echo that. You know, hopefully everybody down there stays safe. Uh, hopefully everybody there has a good week. Uh, and that goes for you too here in Kansas City. Take care, kids. <laughs>